Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Does all the negative news have you down? Well, it's time to get rid of that stinking thinking and give our attitude a real shot in the arm. This can improve our productivity as well as bring us much more happiness for ourselves and those around us. Joining us today is author, entrepreneur, business owner, Dr. Rick Schaefer, author of the book Extreme Thought Makeover, 37 Days to a Maximum Life. Welcome, Rick. Thanks, Jim. Hey, it's great to have you here, and I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last couple of years, and you've authored a book, Extreme Thought Makeover, How to Transform Your Life, basically in 37 Days. In getting to know you, I've learned some of the things that you've done, and you're one of the happiest people I know, and also one of the most successful people I know. What inspired you to write the book? Thank you. Well, you know, I made some really big changes in my life. I spent 20 years as an anesthesiologist in the operating room, and I had to train myself to think negatively because an anesthesiologist needs to predict everything that could possibly go wrong. And I also had a very controlling nature. And as I got midway into life, you know, with the nice home and the nice cars and the nice kids and the good fancy Laura Ashley dresses on the kids and all these measures of success, I realized that I wasn't truly deeply happy. So what I did is I started to read a lot of personal development and self-improvement work and tried to make changes to my life. And I actually was successful doing that, reprogramming my thinking to be more positive. And it took me probably eight years to do it. And by the time I was done, it was so profound that I was encouraged and had decided to share it with others, figure out what the heck worked for me to make such a profound change. So that's where the book came from. How does that impact your profession today? Are you still practicing in the same area and do you just view things very differently now than in the past? I actually left anesthesia and now I work in a pain management area and general practice where we take care of mostly knee arthritis. It's a niche clinic, but I've been able to incorporate that way of thinking into the current practice. So it is possible, but it's not the way you learn it. When you're in medical school and residency, they kind of beat the life out of you and turn you into a controlling, machining decision maker. And so it was a long road back to find that positive side. So tell us a little bit more about the book and how did we arrive at 37 days? <laughs> That's funny. You know, it was sort of magical because when I first had the vision of this, I thought, I think there's 37 pieces to this puzzle. And I wrote it down. And by the time I was finished, it was actually true. Maybe I'm cheating a little because there's like a bonus lesson right mm. at the end, but it really came out. It just kind of like when you visualize stuff, sometimes you really have to trust that first vision you have and go, that's probably the best one. What I did is I took all the pieces that I thought made the most impact on me. What it is, some of them are conceptual, but I tried to turn everything into an experiential lesson. And this is the key. I really believe that people don't learn by reading. They don't learn by listening. They don't learn by going to a weekend conference or studying something. The way that we all learn is through experience, mm. right? And we know that. And our teenagers help to teach us that, right? Because they won't listen to a word that we say. Sure, until they live it. <laughs> yep, they need to live it for themselves. And we were that way too. So I made sure that all 37 lessons are associated with an action step so you can embed the lesson 
deeply and hopefully permanently through a behavior change or an action step. That's interesting, actually. As I guide clients, I explain to them, even though we have degrees and all those things, our real knowledge and experience comes through thousands of life experiences. That's exactly how I word it. So my knowledge in applying it to people and their counsel is not tapping into the book knowledge as much as it is past client experiences. And no, that's a road you don't want to go down potentially in your situation, or this is a path that might be better for you. I really like how you stated that too, thousands of life experiences, because right. now it sounds more like a masterpiece, doesn't it? Yeah. And how you got to where you are is really a fantastic story, and it matters, right? What your parents said to you about money yeah. early in the day, right, is really important to understand that and realize it shapes your whole thinking. Well, I know my grandpa taught me an experience early in life where I made some foolish spending choices as a teenager. I remember my grandpa, he could have just taken the money out of the wallet to solve the problem or wrote a check. And I was very disappointed that the way he had me bail out is I was between jobs. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll help loan you the money to get you out of this jam, but you're going to have to get a job and I'll match your paychecks in the form of a loan. And as soon as that problem is paid off, then you're going to pay me back at an interest rate that was more than the banks were charging because the banks wouldn't loan me the money. And you talk about it. And I mean, that's just an example, whether it's financial planning or raising kids or whatever the experience might be, living through it and learning those lessons is so much more than book knowledge can ever be. That's amazing, too, because obviously it had a profound impact on you because you're still telling the story a few years later. Absolutely. I use it with clients all the time. Yeah. Why don't we sample some of the chapters in the book? wish we could cover all 37 days today, but obviously we want people to reach out. And we'll talk about where you can get the book here in a moment. But let's start with day one. You call it Good Stuff, Positive Images Around the House. It's kind of a fun place to start because it's a really simple step that everybody can do. It doesn't take a lot. And it's just kind of like reflecting on your life and thinking about what were those great moments, okay? If you lettered in tennis or in gymnastics in high school, then get out that letter or that letter jacket, whatever you have, or a little medal, and just put it out on the shelf and gaze at it and just feel the energy that was there, how good you felt about it when you got it. How about the acceptance letter you got from the college you were accepted to, right? That letter in that moment meant so much to you, right? So why not put it out? Maybe there's participation trophies from soccer leagues or something, just anything. So pull out all that crazy stuff that you got packed away that represents little highlights in your life. Maybe it's a script from a play that you were in in grade school, right? Mm -hmm. Or a picture from camp. Photographs obviously work perfectly this way. But just surround yourself with things that represent positive energy in your life. And then as you do that, you'll realize there may be some things out that don't represent that. You may have a newspaper laying around or something that has negative images in it. Just kind of clear that out and replace it with positive stuff. And it's really a fun thing. Sometimes we need permission to do that. Go get your awards out from youth and those goofy little trophies that you got and put them out on the shelf and admire them. And if you have kids, your kids will kind of be crossing their eyes and going, this is really funny. Why are you doing that? And just explain it. It's like trying to fill my consciousness 
with this positive energy of these highlights. Because, you know, the way we talk to our kids or our best friend is different than the way we talk to ourselves, right? Because mm. what if you had a second place ribbon, right? You know, at the time you might have been disappointed it wasn't first place or your parent might have said something about how you didn't perform at your highest level. A silver medalist, right, is not really a loser, are they? Mm. And if you put that out now and you feel that positive energy, it's a great way to reflect because regardless of what it is, it's a huge accomplishment and it's fun. Visual can really help you just fill your consciousness. Put some of your favorite photographs on the refrigerator from times past. It seems so simple, but also so impactful. It just makes sense. It's profound, isn't it? You know, so many people at work will put a picture of their kids because that's usually, especially for a mom, it's a pure positive energy, right? right? There's my kids. But think about yourself too. Put a picture from your favorite vacation when you were single with your best friend or the girls when they went to Florida or spring break or something. Just put a bunch of images around to just help fill your head with positive energy. And it spreads, right? If it's visual and if it's in your consciousness, then that positivity moves to whatever else you're going to do next. That's just awesome. And I know your next day is talking about appreciation. I've heard it referred to as attitude of gratitude. Ah, there you and go. it just makes you feel so much better. Share with us what that means to you. It's really fun. I actually call it a rampage. So the idea is grab a piece of paper, sit down, close the door, and just start writing a few things that you appreciate, okay? It could be your favorite cup of coffee in the morning. It could be your iPhone. It could be the fact that you have 15 minutes of quiet time in the morning before your kids wake up and pandemonium breaks out. It could be your Apple computer. It could be the fact that you own a car and you have transportation and you feel good about that. Just anything. Or the fact that your legs work good and you do a little running. Just write down something you appreciate. A best friend, a spouse, one kid, the next kid, the next kid. And start just writing it. I appreciate this. I appreciate this. I love that. I appreciate this. And you will find, once you get through those first few things, it's really hard to stop. One of the things I appreciate is a really good salad. Like if I go to Whole Foods and I go to their salad bar and I go, wow, look what's all out here. This mm. is amazing. Four types of lettuce and all these. I can just create whatever whim I have right now and how magnificent it is that it's there for me, right? It's a huge luxury. But then if you start thinking about it deeper, you go, wow, I really appreciate the store and I appreciate the employees preparing this and putting this out. And then I think, wow, I appreciate the trucker that actually brought this to the store. And oh my gosh, I appreciate the farmer who spent time growing this stuff. It becomes bigger and bigger. And I appreciate the rain and the sun and the soil. It gets kind of crazy, right? And that's the rampage component that once you get on a roll, it's really hard to stop. And people have told me, okay, I know this. I didn't really need to do it, but I did it anyway because I knew you were going to ask me about it. And they go, oh my gosh. Once I got rolling, I couldn't stop. I have four pages of stuff. It's a great energy shifter. And I guarantee if there's any one energy shifter in this whole book, this one is guaranteed to work. No matter where you are, you can find some better thought and just write it down and just play off of it. There's no negativity in that. I mean, it's just all pure positive. So it's called a rampage of appreciation. It's fantastic. Well, let's go to day three, a lifetime of learning, audio education in the bathroom. So I'm interested <laughs> about that. Yeah. Well, you knew there was going to be a bathroom lesson in here somewhere, right? <laughs> so this is really interesting because it probably is the single most impactful thing that I've ever done as far as making a change in my behavior that impacted my future. And I had heard it several times because, you know, when you start reading personal development and stuff, you get into Wayne Dyer, you get into Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy.
Tracy does a lot of sales and success training and you read all these guys' things. And every once in a while, I heard this message of just listen to something. You know, there was a story of one guy who listened to Think and Grow Rich every single night when he went to bed because he lived near the train tracks and he needed to drown out the noise. So he played that tape. And within eight weeks, his life was changing and he couldn't figure out why. And he was thought he was just drowning out the train noise, but he was actually reprogramming his whole thinking, right? Because he was putting these positive messages in over and over and over. So what I ultimately decided to do was get a cassette player, put it in my bathroom and play a positive tape or a personal development tape every single morning while I'm showering and grooming and getting ready for the day. Simple thing, right? Like a half hour investment of time, but it's really no time at all, right? This is so fun that this lesson takes zero time to do. So you put that tape in and you listen to it and it kind of shapes your day. Because normally when we're in the shower and we're getting ready in the morning, our mind starts to get real cluttered and jumbled with all the stuff we have to do, right? And just the idea of letting go of those thoughts and focusing on something else, a single thought that someone's sharing with you, is really effective in itself. But then put all the positive stuff. And there's times where I listen to the same thing, like Deepak Chopra's Seven Spiritual Laws of Success is absolutely amazing to me. I'm sure I've listened to him reading that book probably a hundred times. It's amazing. And you always hear something more. The second time through, the third time through, you hear things that you didn't know were there. And I think of all the lessons, that would probably be the most impactful thing to do. Because once you do it, it leads you to other things and other ideas and learning more and trying more things. Well, I got to say that alone will probably impact my life. I hate to say, but in the morning, the home that I'm in, the person who built the home wired that bathroom to have a television located in the upper corner. And so I've made it a habit to actually have the news running in the morning. Talk about negativity. Other than I try to get a glimpse at the weather to try and plan my day and where my route is headed, but I'm going to shift that. Obviously try and get some positive images. That's pretty neat. That could be amazing. To unplug that thing would be amazing because not only is there negativity laced in there, but it's involuntary. They're telling you what they want to tell you. You're not choosing it. You're not your own media director, right? You're letting anything come in. Garbage, right? Potentially. That's amazing. That'll be a great impact. Listen, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, let's continue to explore some of the 37 days. We'll be right back. I'm Leslie Bibb. Everything changed the day my mother received the awful call that there had been an accident and my father hadn't survived. Suddenly, she was faced with having to raise four girls on her own. But my mom's burden was lessened by my dad's thoughtfulness. His life insurance kept her family together and enabled us to carry on. My father loved us enough to expect the unexpected. Learn more at lifehappens.org, a public service message from the nonprofit Life Foundation. Welcome back as we continue a very, very deep conversation today with Dr. Rick Schaefer. Dr. Rick is an established author and has many articles published on the web. He's also the author of the online training program, Extreme Thought Makeover, 37 Days to Maximum Life. Hey, just share with our listeners real quick where they can get the book. Several places. My website is probably the most fun because I throw in a couple of extra goodies when you order from me, and that's rickshafermd.com. So it's R-I-C-K-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R-M-D.com. We also have a really fun deal. We call it a book for book deal. So when you buy one book from me, I always ship two. 
so that you feel the gift energy of it, and then you get to think about who you want to give that second book to, who might benefit from it. Not necessarily who needs it, but who might benefit from it. That's neat. Yeah. It's also available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Okay, and also then anyone listening, if you're listening off your advisor's webpage, there's a way to access that through the must-read section, so feel free to access. But it sounds like your offer through the website is pretty neat and unique. So let's advance or fast-forward a little bit to Day 11, for example. Anonymous Charity by Emil. This actually touched me when I saw this. I didn't read that particular paragraph before I saw the, the heading of it. And I remember my uncle, who's now passed, one of the things he was well known for, and as I was growing as a child and heard what he would do, is just sitting in a restaurant. He was a successful business owner. And sitting in a restaurant, he would just look around and kind of tell who maybe needed a little help. And anonymously, he would take care of their meal that day with the waitress. That was pretty neat. So I never knew that about him. I always kind of thought he was an aggressive business person, but he had a softer side. Is that kind of what it's related to? That's the lesson exactly. And we all know what it feels like to give charity, right? And we know we get a lot of thanks for it and people appreciate it and we get all these kudos. So we get kind of elevated externally when we give charity, right? Or when we give a gift to somebody. This is a different energy completely because it's completely internal. You don't get to see the response of the recipient and they don't get an opportunity to thank you. They're just left hanging out there having received an anonymous gift. So the energy that usually comes up in them is wow, what can I do for the next person? It's like that pay it forward idea. It's really funny. One time I was out and a lot of it is just the energy that you feel. When you look around the restaurant, you just pick somebody that you feel drawn to by their meal. It might be a young woman out with an elderly grandma or something like that. And you go, oh, is that neat? I love the energy that they have. I'm going to sprinkle a little fairy dust on their meal, you know? And it's so fun because the servers get involved in this energy too, because you have to ask them to keep it a secret until you've left the restaurant. And they really enjoy it. So they're feeling like this charity and this positive energy and they get it from you. And then they get to go and tell that person when they put down the check, oh, by the way, this has already been taken care of, tip included. And they're like, what? By who? What? Person's already out of the restaurant. I can't can't tell you. And it's (laughs) like, whoa, all this energy. And then they talk to their other servers. And then they talk to the restaurant manager. And then the owner hears about it. It's like, right? I mean, think about how many people are telling that story about your uncle. Because it just grows and grows and grows. And it's really fun. And the other thing is... When we would go out with the kids, the kids knew whenever we went to one particular restaurant, we always did this 100% of the time. And so they knew during the meal at some point, they'd be like looking around the room, (laughs) right, kind of thinking like, hey, what do you think about those guys over there and those guys? And sometimes when they brought a guest along, the other kid would be saying like, what's going on here? Sure. And they'd go, oh, we always do this. And it's just normal, right? It becomes normal to them if they grow up in it. And it's a really fun shift. Well, that's so simple, but also a game changer from uh, the mentality of just helping and giving and sharing happiness. I love it. I would suggest, because you don't want to feel guilt like, oh, I should be buying a meal for somebody because I have the wherewithal to do it. But just pick out one restaurant so that whenever you go to that place, you always do it. So you know kind of ahead of time going in, that's going to be part of your thing. And you know your meal is going to cost you twice as much, but it feels really good going in and you know it's going to happen. And then when you're at other restaurants, you don't have to feel like you should be doing anything because we don't want any shoulds mixed in here, just gifts. That's a fun one. I love that you have that story. Yeah. When I saw that as a paragraph, I thought, wow, I can connect to that. And I think so many of our listeners have that where they have like so many of these absolutely genius lessons in their past and sometimes they forget about them. They have to be reminded, Mm -hmm. wow, my uncle did that. Maybe I should try it. Maybe my kids need to see this. 
Absolutely. Now we want to jump ahead, or at least I do, to day 18. Being financial advisor, you have a day where you talk about possibilities, your last $5. So that kind of caught my eye. (laughs) Your last $5. That sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? But the idea is when we have cash in our wallets, it kind of goes up and goes down and goes up and goes down. And occasionally they're empty, right? Well, here's the thing. When you have only $5 in your wallet or $2 or $3, you feel really poor, right? You look at that and you go, oh my God, I only have five bucks. I better not do that because I might need to do that. And it restricts your thinking and you start thinking in a poverty mentality. So when your wallet is empty, you don't have that. You just go, okay, I have no money. I guess whatever's going to happen is going to happen. The magic of the universe, you know, God's will is going to have to step in here and just provide for me, right? And it's a different kind of an energy. So I really suggest that when you get down to your last five bucks, get rid of it because it opens up the possibility of the unknown and magic happening. And you will find so many times something extraordinary happens. Like someone will call you and say, hey, how about I take you to lunch today? It's like, how did that happen? I got an empty wallet, right? But it opens up to the magic of everything around us that will provide it for. And you guys know, right? The three of us, we probably never actually missed a meal, have we? Oh, I appreciate that. Hey, let's talk about day 23. This kind of intrigued me too. Imagination create your perfect day. I think that's awesome. That's really a fun lesson too. And it's really simple. You just sit down again with a pad of paper. It's another writing project, okay? But it's really valuable. Just write down what a day would be like if it was perfect. So you might imagine winning the lottery. You might imagine booking a vacation. You might imagine yourself drinking margaritas or something, you know, on a Mexican beach. It could be anything, but just start writing that down. And then you could possibly win the lottery. You could meet someone who offers you a new job. You could have anything. So you can take that whole day from the moment you wake up. You could just write that down. I woke up at 4.45 this morning and I felt so filled with energy and full of life. I just wanted to get at the day and I felt like exercising. So I went biking and then I went running and I feel so great. And then I showered and then I had this beautiful, healthy breakfast and my energy kept increasing. And then I got a phone call from an old high school friend. You're just creating this imaginary day in your mind by writing it down. And again, it's sort of like a rampage, right? As you do a little, it leads you to the next and to the next and to the next and to the next. And then you go, oh my gosh. And then I went to work and then my boss called me in and I thought I was in trouble. But in fact, he wanted to give me a raise and just goes on and on and on. And again, it sounds like, oh, I know how that would feel. Oh, I understand that. It's not about understanding it. It's about actually experiencing it. Do it and then feel the creation in it. And then you can even post it, you know, put it on the refrigerator or something so you can feel it over and over. And again, this is one of those things that whatever state you're in, you could shift it in a moment. If you just say, okay, I'm going to take a five minute break because I'm having a rough day and I'm going to write down how the perfect day would feel. That's awesome. I like that. I definitely can see writing it and posting it and reviewing that for sure. Because wouldn't you want your perfect day every day? Yeah. You know what's interesting, too? We talk about imagination. And you remember Einstein's statement where he said, imagination is more important than reality? Mm-hmm. And everybody goes like, what was right. he talking about, <laughs> yeah. that guy? But it's really interesting because imagination creates our reality, right? Let's say, for instance, you're having a little bit of a struggle with your wife. you got 99 things on your list that's kind of bugging you about your wife, but one thing that you really adore. Well, you know you can shift your energy by thinking about that one thing you really adore before you walk in the door to see her, mm-hmm. right? And you can be filled with that energy and probably she will respond to that and sure. show you that side and that will expand and grow that positive energy. 
If you're in sales, which so many people are, you're waiting for the phone to ring, you're trying to make a phone call, you just, I call it playing a video in your head. Just play a little video in your head of how that phone call could go, what the next call is going to be like, and just imagine it, feel it, and then make that phone call makes such a difference how we set ourselves up emotionally. Well, and you look at any of the professional sports athletes that are at the top of their game, they envision and they practice, 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 but they're practicing the right thing. They have to vision what they're trying to accomplish, and they all tell the same story as they envision themselves running for that touchdown or hitting that home run or getting that base hit or whatever. They all have that vision, and that is so key because if you can't envision it, it's surely never going to come to pass. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of a winning streak or a losing streak is the same thing, right? I mean, sometimes your sports franchise team, the one you're rooting for, they lose like seven games in a row and you sort of can't imagine them winning, right? If it's baseball, they're ahead by two runs and then going into the ninth inning and you're sitting there going, they're going to find a way to blow it. And the same is true for a winning team, right? Once you get on a winning roll, you can't even imagine losing, right? No matter what happens, fourth quarter of a football game, you're down by two touchdowns. You go, you guys, we're going to pull this out. We've won nine games in a row. There's no way we're not going to win this, (laughs) right? And it's imagination, right? It's vision. Well, I'm afraid we can't get away with avoiding day 28. I mentioned a minute ago about the size of our midsection. And you've got, <laughs> and you've got a chapter in your exercise and fitness, create a workout list. This is fun. It's such a challenge for so many of us to be active. We know we should, 20 minutes of cardio, three times a week, all these things we should be doing. That energy is never fun, what we know we're supposed to do. Because we want to do what we feel drawn to do. So I made the exercise a mental reprogramming section rather than like what to do. And the way you do that is I call the lesson one. You do one. Because that way, let's say there's a few things you're doing. Like I can do a push-up, I can do a pull-up, I can do a sit-up, I can do a squat. Okay, so maybe I write that down and I go, that's my list for the day. One push-up, one Mm sit-up, one pull-up, one squat. And when I do it, I check it off and I go, I was successful. And you can always squeeze that in, right? Even if you're getting ready for bed, you're going, oh, shoot, I want to exercise today. Let me meet my goals. And what happens when you do one sit-up? You might cheat and do two. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You're going to cheat a little bit. You do two or three and then you do two pull-ups and then you do like three squats. So here's the mental side of that. You go, wow, I not only met, but I exceeded my exercise goals for today. And you never change that goal because it's always exceeding it. So one day you could do 50 sit-ups. The next day you could do one because you're really sore. That's great. You're still meeting your goal. And it's just about doing some one thing. And it's a behavior shift. And that's a thought shift. And then that repetitive behavior shift becomes a new habit. And pretty soon, after a couple months goes by, you can't imagine going through a day without doing at least one sit-up, one pull-up, just moving. And whatever it is, walking. If you're a walker, don't set a goal of walking two miles every morning. Set a goal of leaving the house and taking five steps or one step, right? Because getting started is the whole thing. You shared with us kind of an analogy before we started the interview today. The same analogy, and being financial planners, I'd be remiss in not bringing this up because people's financial health has not been getting any exercise either because they're always waiting till everything else is paid for before they pay themselves and create financial security for themselves and their family. Talk about that a little bit. 
That's it. And it's so easy. It's just about creating a habit, right? Because a habit is going to be something you, you won't be able to stop. So that's it exactly. Like when we look back on our lives, if we would have put $1 away out of every paycheck we ever got, we'd be just financially like off the charts, so much more secure, right? And if you can always do that now, even if you're really struggling to pay your bills, you can put $1 aside as savings or $5 aside as savings out of your paycheck and go, okay, I'm just going to do this as a habit. And then occasionally you're going to cheat, like you said, and do more, right? And you go, oh, I'm going to put 50 bucks away this week. And then the next week it'll be five and the next week five. And then the next week there's a little bonus. You go, I'm going to throw a hundred bucks in there. It's a habit. And once you create it, like I said, after a certain amount of time, whatever that is, two months, three months, four months, you're going to find it impossible not to put something aside. And so it's not the number and it's not the should or the supposed to or meeting a goal. It's just doing something, right? If every one of your clients had that habit of just doing something, how easy would it be to help them? That's right. So really so much of this work is mental inside. And I say everything is an inside game. The inside work has to be done first. If we're going to become wealthy, if we're going to become fit, if we're going to be successful in relationships, we need to see it first. And it will eventually materialize as our true reality. And I know you guys have probably studied a ton of stuff about visualizing wealth. Mm -hmm. And you probably teach it as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a mental shift and an emotional shift, and it becomes more powerful than anything else. Well, thanks for sharing what inspired you to put this great guide together. I think it's a great guide, and I definitely promise to follow it. So share with, again, our listeners the best way to obtain it. Ordering the book off of my website probably is the most fun because you get some extra goodies with it. That's www.rickshafermd.com. It's also available on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. And then I think, too, if you go to Amazon, you can actually even cheat and read a few pages of it. So, again, cheating is a really theme of the show, right? (laughs) But, yeah, getting some free pages. And you don't have to make the investment in the book to learn. Even on my website, there's a huge blog where you can get a lot of really neat lessons and some of the stuff from the book where you can just get it right off of the website as well. Well, today was a great sneak peek, I think, to justify everybody reach out. So we appreciate you joining us today, and hopefully we can visit again in the future. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.